Welcome, everyone, to the Jessica Jones Podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. We've done Daredevil. We've done Agent Carter. We've done Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hello, Matt. Here now with the Jessica Jones. Indeed, Pete. It certainly is an exciting uh, jumping off point here. Uh, a property that is uh, that is new to us, but also kind of the oldest thing that we've ever talked about in, in a certain sense. In what regard is that? Well, Pete, we are certainly not uh, deeply ensconced in kind of the Jessica Jones mythology, the alias comics and so forth. But this is a show that we heard about being in development back at New York Comic Con before there was Marvel live action TV. Um, was that 2011, 2012? It was the, it was like it was the Marvel television panel, but it was all completely for animated stuff with the glimmer of maybe some live action stuff in a couple of years. That would be 2011. So and that's how long the show has been uh, in in some phase of development. I believe, Pete, at the time, the discussion was it was going to be on uh, perhaps ABC Family. Yes. They're kind of they're kind of was the you know they didn't know where Marvel live action TV would go, which is an interesting an interesting notion. But um, to bring it to this TV show, Pete, I kind of uh, I kind of welcome the idea that this is slightly uncharted territory for us. You know, Agents of Shield built around the familiarity of Coulson and kind of you know Coulson meets the X Files. You know, kind of being a really rough way of putting at least the initial concept of that show. Uh, Daredevil with the movie out there uh, with uh, certainly much more penetration of the comics over the 40 years he's been a comic character uh, knowledge there this is kind of this is this is new turf for us and while new um, and you mentioned the development process and how far it, it dates back I mean geez that's when they were floating the possibility of bringing Hulk back to TV for uh, for cripes sake but um, a newer ish superhero somebody who well superhero well we'll delve into that in a little bit but somebody who only dates back her history to about 2001 indeed i mean the the alias uh comic series being um i mean not concurrent with it with the tv show certainly predated it but i mean um certainly from around that same time to the point that if you said hey did you you know did you read the alias comic i think most people would be like there was a jennifer garner comic you know um so it's it's just interesting that this is a less um a less visible character and um certainly has tons of potential to be uh to be mined for the tv show yeah and i like that they're coming from a place of you know relative um you know uh visibility uh as opposed to some of the the longer established characters i mean daredevil and you know, Coulson with S.H.I.E.L.D. and how far he dates back and, and Carter as well. Ah, yeah, certainly can't can't leave off uh, Agent Carter there. You know, same thing. When when she finally reached a TV show, she had been in, you know, multiple movies, uh, had been in the one shot. So I guess with that, let's let's talk about Jessica Jones herself, Pete, Kristen Ritter playing the, the title character there. And uh, your thoughts on the casting of Jessica Jones. I love the choice. Huge fan since uh, she first popped up in the second season of Breaking Bad. And, uh, you know, she had the the run on uh, ABC with the, the girl in that apartment show. 
um you know i i think she brings the the right mix of of attitude and glamour at the same time to uh this character now it's interesting that you should say that because you know given my experience with the character is just mostly through research um and you know seeing some of the covers of the comics and whatnot in my mind there's kind of a little bit of a disconnect and again you know full disclosure i don't have much sense of the character uh, or the actress um but that's interesting to hear you say that because i highly doubt that marvel you know marvel would miscast um certainly a major role it's not you know this isn't like roadie here this is this is a full-on title character of a major television program so i'm glad to hear your confidence in ms ritter i definitely think she'll be able to hold it down now, Pete, no stranger, of course, to kind of these these uh, genre type shows. Dave and Tennant as uh, as Kilgrave, and uh, you know, what what are your thoughts there on uh, seeing the old Doctor back on TV? Well, this is not a medical show, so I'm not quite clear what you're referring to. Indeed, indeed. Well, Pete, he he's popular from from a, a kind of niche uh, British uh, program, but we can we can leave that discussion for another day. Um, Kil- Kilgrave, aka Mister Purple, certainly a, um, a a character with a lot of renown. Um, a character uh, older than Jessica Jones. He uh, Purple Man. I might have just said Mister Purple. I apologize if I misspoke. Um, but uh, the Purple Man going all the way back to 1964 and originally a daredevil baddie and has kind of uh, more recently transitioned as a Jessica Jones nemesis, to say the least. Guy's obviously got a ton on his resume, and he's a classically chained Shakespearean actor, so I think that's really going to come across in uh, the performance of a guy who is completely purple. Um, yeah. <laughs> do do we know Pete if he's completely purple in in the show? You, you don't think we're going to dial that back maybe a tiny bit? It is Marvel Netflix, Matt, so, you know, they don't really hold back. This is true. His casting is interesting because it certainly added a level of geek cred to the show and, and dare say a level of visibility. I mean, as we're going through these names here, Kristen Ritter, Mike Coulter, Rachel Taylor, you know, Ika Darville, Aaron Moriarty, Will Travel. Uh, these are not names I'm particularly familiar with, but you say David Tennant, who's also Carrie Ann Moss in a supporting role. We all know her, but, you know, you say David Tennant and all of a sudden, ooh, and then... Yeah, two, Hamlet. Yeah, uh, that's that's true as well. It's true as well. Um, I know you're a big Broad Church, uh, Broad Street, Broad something fan, um, but um, it's... it's um, it's it's a get to get him as the bad guy in my book. Yeah, uh, he's a guy who, you know, he's a chameleon into his roles and certainly uh, no more so than uh, this of Kilgrave. Indeed. And uh, for the record, they're Broad Church and Grace Point, one successful and one uh, and one certainly uh, unsuccessful. He was Hamlet, Matt. He was Hamlet with Patrick Stewart. Okay. That's all you need to know. I, I think that is 100% fair to say. Uh, next up, Pete, in, in uh, a, a story turn that obviously is fitting, given you know where things are headed, but also uh, a neat twist. You have Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. You kind of get the guy from the next show as, as a, uh, a supporting lead in this show. 
it's an excellent way to transition to series. I'm a huge fan of the little that I've seen this actor in uh, Men in Black 3. Um, you know, very interested to see with a larger canvas here how that's going to go. By the way, Pete, he uh, obtained his MFA degree in acting from uh, New Jersey's own Rutgers University. So there you go. Not a fan of the university system of New Jersey. So you're not helping. Well, how about at least kind of a somewhat locally trained guy? Can we can we get a, a, a what what for that? It's a wash, Matt. It's a wash. Fair enough. Uh, next up, really interesting uh, character, the character of Trish Patsy Walker, played by Rachel Taylor. Kind of, I, I know, I, there's something that seems um, kind of real world and authentic to hear. She's, you know, former model and child star and now a radio host. I'm not saying that that's a very... Uh, you know, common thing, but it, it's, it certainly is off the beaten track of like, you know, this is my friend Nobu. He's a ninja. <laughs> it's a little bit more of obviously the, the girl powerish uh, vibe coming out of this series. So it helps to have uh, supporting players in that. Um, I am familiar with her from uh, the short lived 666 Park Avenue. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, a show a show that was launched to big splash at New York Comic Con. I guess the, the splash didn't quite uh, didn't quite continue from there. Um, Pete, moving on down the list here, we also have Carrie Ann Moss playing a, a slightly smaller role. Um, obviously, uh, you know Matrix probably top of her uh, of her resume, and somebody who I don't think has been as particularly active uh, recently. You know, there's tons on her resume, of course, but kind of hasn't quite had as much sizzle. Well, I mean, we think back to the casting for season one of Daredevil of, um, who was that? Scott uh, Stick, the Stick role. Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, thank you. I was going to say Scott Walker and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that uh, she'll be in the show more than Stick was, but you get that type of gravitas and i don't mean it from an age perspective because certainly carrie ann moss is significantly younger than scott glenn but you know the matrix you have that on your resume <laughs> you know and and now you can uh not slum it but you know certainly again you know be a chameleon in a marvel netflix flick show and uh bring that weight to it Next up, Erin uh, Moriarty playing Hope. Uh, that'll be a client of uh, Jessica Jones's alias investigations, that uh, you know, private private eye agency. And so I Karen Page, basically. <laughs> uh, perhaps She's secretary, in... too. <laughs> uh, I, I bet you're going to tell me that you know Erin Moriarty from True Detective as Audrey Hart. No, I was not going to say that. Oh. I should, that she was on it for, you know, a couple episodes. Okay. Uh, certainly as you get down on the list here, some of these younger, fresher faces, not quite as long uh, of the resumes. In addition to Aaron Moriarty, there are two Australians, Will Travel and, uh, Ika Darville. And, uh, the dude's name is Will Travel. I hope I'm saying it correctly. It's Will W-I-L. He's Australian. You don't need two L's. You just chill. And the last name is T R A V A L. So maybe I it's would think Traval. it's Traval. Traval. Yeah. Will Traval. Will Travel just sounds like whatever you put in front of it. You know, have gun. Will Travel. 
Well, Pete, you know, I'm reminded of uh, of the actor who who on these shores is Carl is called Carl Urban, but when you ask him to pronounce his name, it's Carl Urban. So maybe it's you know kind of the rather uh, more uh, fancy sounding Will Traval in Australia. Can we, get, uh, can we get Carl Urban or Urban, however he wants to pronounce it, in one of these shows? Hey, I would love that. We, you know, longtime listeners to the various podcasts, longtime followers of us on Twitter know um, that robot cop show that he Almost was in. Human. Almost, Almost human. Almost human, man. Indeed. That despite the fact that I forgot the title for a minute, canceled too soon. Really great kind of mixture of your standard uh, procedural with some really, uh, you know, with the sci-fi twists, some interesting things to say, et cetera. He's kind of a talented, he's a definitely a talented guy who I feel like hasn't found that, like, I don't know, he hasn't found that um, starting, you know, starting quarterback role with the right team. You know, he's, you know, that, that show should have been a hit, but wasn't. And, you know, the Judge Dredd movie should have been a hit, but just wasn't very good, I don't think. Um, but anyhow, hey, maybe, maybe he'll show up in, uh, in, in Luke Cage. Uh, Pete, one more name on the old uh, the old cast list here, at least as a guest uh, a guest cast member, uh, actress Rosario Dawson. Yes, that she's going to cross over, and they're going to further connect the Hell's Kitchen, uh, you know, populace from one series to another. It's only um, one episode that's been announced at this point. Uh, not going to rule out that it could be more. Uh, she is back for season two of Daredevil, which they're filming, um, you know, currently. So, hey, every little bit helps. And a huge fan of the actress. She's a massive Trekkie. Let's get her in one of those while we're at it. Hey, absolutely. Maybe even day, one day, Pete, there'll be a Star Trek television program, but let's not get too crazy. Yeah, come on now. Um, Pete, you mentioned some of these connections here. I guess that's a good uh, that's a good pivot point to say, fine, we're going to have this this one character connect um, uh, Daredevil to Jessica Jones, obviously same neighborhood, same city. This basic description of, you know, Jessica Jones is a retired superhero She's she's left somewhere else to come to New York to open a, a, a private detective agency. She's powered. She's a powered person. How does this show not launch in some way from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this fall? Well, I'm Matt, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being, you know, just about four weeks away. I'm I'm going to roll the gambit further down the road. How is this character not connected to the Civil War, given that um, her identity, uh, Luke Cage's identity, very much the subject in the comics uh, of that superhero registration legislation? Speaking of Civil War, I think that it would be it would be inspired for them to include some of these um, TV characters in it. Even if, let's say with the case of Daredevil and uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, even if it's in an extremely small role, if there's just some sort of round table or there's some sort of, you know, superhero, superheroes anonymous meeting or whatever, to have them with no lines, to have them with one line, to have them essentially as glorified extras in the movie, I'm okay with that. You don't need to include them in some subplot to simply have them there for a day to be 
for us watching the show going, oh, there's there's Daredevil, there's Jessica Jones, there's Luke Cage. Um, there's some S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff maybe. Um, I would welcome that versus, frankly, shoehorning them in more than needs to be at this point, you know, especially with the, you know, with these characters that we're still getting to know kind of in the TV format. That's what makes the game that Marvel on the TV side of their cinematic universe um, that they're playing so audacious. I mean, we're now four series in um, mm-hmm. with the uh, definite uh, plans to do two more. And, you know, now with the Mockingbird, you know, most wanted uh, spinoff stuff circulating yet again. Um, And to have all these possible directions that they can go really opens things up. Absolutely. And I hope that they find that right, that right tempo. And frankly, if they're not sure what the right tempo is, do what you did for Daredevil, which is dial it back to nothing. Daredevil can stand on its own, and if you never watch Jessica Jones, and if you don't watch Shield, and if, you know not that there's a Carter connection just because of the the difference in time, but you know it can if you if you can't make a great connection, don't connect them. I mean, there's the one with with uh, Crusher Creel, which is fantastic. It's completely understated, but it you know the minute you sit and go, okay, wait, so that's about 15 years ago, and Carl Creel and Shield was maybe about 40. So this could be somebody who's like, you know, you know, in his 20s. Hey, that works. Um, So, you know, when in doubt, when in doubt, don't go there. And it's to the level that it has to be connected versus actually being connected because they filmed things um, that would have made more of a connective tissue to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they wound up not using them, and I think it was better served by not putting a Coulson in Daredevil. Um, not that you can't benefit from the presence of Clark Gregg. I mean, the guy you know peps up everything he's in. It's the idea that they didn't need to go to it. They didn't need to pull out that stop and look how successful Daredevil was. I mean, crime and at least Matt, it was renewed in eleven days. <laughs> Indeed. From that now, let's kind of pivot from this idea of if you if you don't need to go there, don't overdo it, to some of the places that this first season might go. Kind of particularly, how dark will this show be? Um, the character in the comics certainly has suffered a great deal. There's this kind of you know failure of being a superhero. In the comics, she's brainwashed uh, by the Purple Man. Many fans assume that there was you know, that there was sexual assault involved, even though it's not uh, kind of overtly or even even uh, directly implied in the comic. How does the com- d- does the show dare go there? I mean, that's kind of weighty stuff on its own, let alone bringing in gender issues and gender on TV and a lot of that that's in the air. Well, Matt, I'm going to use your word, dare. And given the template that was laid forth with the first Marvel Netflix exclusive in Daredevil and the level of violence that they were able and willing to go to, although not to be so immersive in that to betray its comic and its pulpy roots. I mean, this is a superhero TV show we're talking about, albeit, you know, not the 
you know, the frontline superheroes, if you will. So, you know, to take a guy that a character who had not been as successful on the big screen in Daredevil and to dial that back and to go where they did with it and have it just be a runaway success, they know where the line is with this. Now, that being said, how much they'll get into some of the specifics that you mentioned, I think that's a little bit of a toss up. It, it it must have been a discussion in terms of, you know, what from the comic do you take? What do you leave behind? I mean, that's that's the case with any adaptation. Certainly the fact that you have such an able uh, showrunner and executive producer as Melissa Rosenberg, um, who, who has experience with adaptations. I mean, I don't think any of us say, oh, the scripts for the Twilight movies. Ah, oh, amazing. <laughs> but I mean... Well, she, you do, Matt, privately, but you'll <laughs> keep that off the air. They're so glistening. Um, I mean, bottom line is she knows how to adapt things, and the movies were extremely successful. And I don't think anybody, at least to whatever degree I was listening to buzz about those movies, I don't think anybody was saying, oh, they've, I can't believe that they've, you know, in the books they killed off somebody and then they kept them living in the movies. Like it's, it seemed to have been a successful adaptation. Um, she also has tons of other, of other uh, experience in, in film and particularly TV. So, I personally feel good that you have somebody of that caliber and somebody of of her her world perspective, her sensitivities, et cetera, personing. I won't say manning for goodness sake, but personing um, this character in, in into a TV show. Well, we'll know where she's at if uh, Doctor Purple glistens in the daylight. <laughs> wow! Well done! Well done. Pete, I guess with that, what are your kind of predictions and final thoughts? I mean, we don't even know when this sucker is coming out. Probably, you know, well, December. Well, What's that? You don't. <laughs> Pete, dare you tell us when it'll come out, or will that perhaps uh, will, will that kind of blow your your connection with your secret sources? It won't. I can I can give you uh, months at this point what I've been told by two sources. Wow. And can you tell us what month? I can. November. Interesting. That is earlier than I would have thought, particularly since that means there'll be kind of. Look at the look at the template and look at the pattern. We were told initially Daredevil June get clear of Age of Ultron and then drop that. Things went so well during that production ran so smoothly with the assistance of the uh, mayor's office of um, film and television in New York city, which is essentially the men in black <laughs> of um, you know, as, as poorly run as parts of uh, the de Blasio uh, administration are um, and that they moved it up, that the dailies came back so positively. I've been told it's a very similar experience to this and uh it's definitely going to be in the fourth quarter of this year. That's, you know, without question. But the latest I've been told is November. It would be uh, chutzpah to release it Thanksgiving weekend. Really, really get that that binge watching uh, sensibility going. Wasn't there? I know Daredevil was around the the Easter holiday season. Um, I don't think it was Easter. It certainly was not Easter weekend, but um I believe it was April 9th. Okay. Uh, that's out April 9th or April 11th. It was a Friday. I remember because it was April 11th. 
Um, I remember because I watched all 13 straight after having watched the initial four with the screener. And um, yeah, we remember my physical condition after that. Absolutely. There was uh, there, there was a rigorous, uh, rigorous training regimen after it. Kind of like if you think to bring it almost full circle, you know, when Neo is plucked out of the Matrix <laughs> and there's all that, you know, you're like atrophy. Why? Yeah, there's like all the atrophy. <laughs> and it's like it's like. Why, why do my eyes hurt and you know the response was because you've only been looking at the television for for yeah. 15 straight hours well back to the to the november idea and the question i posed to my source it seems kind of counterintuitive you're going to go against the network model uh as much as that means in 2015 in late 2015 um during sweeps period but they really want to apparently gauge how well they can do given the way they establish themselves with daredevil it would be a much safer bet to drop it in december once you're clear of shield um assumingly uh agent carter will not bow until january of this year but we've been given no uh assurances on when that will be out as well in fact the latest i've heard they might even go back to back for one or two weeks um that'll be fun kind of establish that a little bit yeah that's one of the plans on the drawing board so we'll have to see but there's there's you know a lot of good stuff in the pipe there's a lot of uh permutations of plans out there right now it certainly would be interesting to do another uh, Marvel Netflix show while Shield is still on, and I don't know to what degree they can uh, they can get both Netflix viewing numbers, which obviously I'm sure it's just a case of Netflix can Netflix can pop out a report fairly easily, you know, with graphs and spikes and all that. Um, well, and frankly, let me complete the thought. Fine, they can fully know the Netflix thing broadcast live numbers are known the next day so just kind of to get a sense of you know is one impacting the other how many people are watching jessica jones while shield is live that night you know that kind of thing um i guess i guess time will tell and pete speaking of time telling i guess there's more than one spoiler pete out there because uh (laughs) some of the not even some of the what is purported to be the entire season of uh episode titles is out and I think we're going to have just a quick little discussion on that. Nothing particularly spoilery because none of these are called episode six, the one in which, you know, mom is gunned down. And, you know, it's n- nothing quite like that. But should we delve into those titles, Pete? Absolutely. What uh, What are some of the titles that jump out at you? Well, I mean, episode 101, Ladies Night, Oh, One a Night. <laughs> by the way, Pete, the first two episodes uh, directed by S.J. Clarkson who, while not particularly a um, maybe a household name for television direction, uh, a uh, a gal from the UK who has directed tons and tons and tons of stuff, um, so no shortage of uh, of a female presence in these early episodes. Ladies' Night, show run by a woman, directed by a woman, starring a woman. Yeah, and the sandwich saved me. Episode four, you know right to the sarcastic uh not portrayal that we've seen to this point but personality that Kristen ritter is so adept at at playing um you know wwjd 
not the J you're thinking of there, Matt. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then there's your favorite title. Indeed, I assume that the title of episode 10 refers to a popular Steve Martin character coming into it uh, in which he has everybody um, sit around and, and share happiness with, with each other. The episode entitled, a.k.a. The Kumbaya Circle Jerk. I thought Kumbaya Circle was where Jessica Jones lived and that maybe uh, the Dr. Purple is the jerk. I think I think either could be either could certainly be the case. I mean, um, it doesn't take a genius to fake these jewel and the power man are the um, pseudonyms of uh, Jones and Cage respectively. But um, that they would pop up so close to the purported completion of the series, I think, brings a lot of credence to them. I hope that in some of the course of all the Marvel television that we discuss, whether it's Jessica Jones or S.H.I.E.L.D. or less so Carter because of the time difference uh, or Daredevil, I hope that they I, I, I hope that they. Um, give more than breadcrumbs from the movie side of things to one of these shows. It would be great if in kind of that grand comic tradition of, Hey, we're going to do the, the such and such storyline, you know, the, like, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, I don't know the, the green matter storyline, but it gets, it gets kind of quietly prequeled. Oh, Spider-Man finds some in Spider-Man 622. Like that kind of thing. It would be great if we really saw civil war starting to happen ahead of time in one of these shows or multiple shows in a small way in that kind of, you know, that, that post uh, Captain America, the winter soldier, you know, news report way that shield did. It would be great in Jessica Jones. If we just see a little of that starting to come together where we say, Oh, I know where that's headed without it kind of being, Guest starring in this episode, Ant-Man. Matt, the connections to Captain America Civil War are going to make the Hydra reveal in Captain America the Winter Soldier look like Steamboat Willie. Wow. Bold predictions indeed. Pete, any final words before we move on to how people can be in touch? I'm just really excited to see more of the series. I think the actress in particular that they chose is inspired and really has the goods. And I'm looking forward to a different type of Marvel superhero than we've ever seen before. And behind the scenes, it's such a rarity in television to have, to have uh, frankly, this many women and, and this kind of character um and, and indeed these kind of characters kind of at the forefront of a tv show so i guess uh time will tell as to its uh its success but pete what is the greatest success of all that is other than the next jessica jones podcast episode which will probably be you know much closer to the uh to, to the the launch of the series and the launch of our of our episodic podcast but what's what's the secondary success that one can have I'm not quite sure. Well, Pete, I'll tell you, because I guess you've never experienced it. You've just kind of, it, it radiates forth from you. And that is, of course, how people can interact with you on the Twitter machine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. 
6,224 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole host of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. And you can find us under that name on the dot com, the Gmail, and the Twitter. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. Again, with the PH, all one word. It's been blowing up of late. Get on there, like us. And you'll be a part of everything that we do. Well, Pete, for our listeners on the Pop Culture Podcast, that's kind of the the collection uh, of all the podcasts that we do and all the the bonuses, the you know, b- bonus episodes and movies and that kind of thing that we might do. Uh, if you're listening to us there, we'll be back next week for sure to talk the next uh, Marvel TV series preview. And again, if you're listening to us on the Jessica Jones only feed. Hey, we'd love it if you hopped on over to the Pop Culture Podcast feed and heard more. But if not, if Jessica Jones is just your bag, baby, then uh, as I said, probably early November-ish, Pete, we would be back to do uh, going to do a proper you know series preview before we uh, get things underway. Definitely. All righty. Well, that Pete, we'll say adios to all our listeners and give you the famous final word. Smile. Smile.